This is episode 142, Upgrade Your Perspective of Self-Worth with Mickey. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. As always, thank you so much for listening. I have a lot to share with you in the opening today. There's a couple things I want to explain before you listen to the call. So if you tend to fast forward through the opening, I encourage you not to do so and listen to it. Before I dive in, I want to thank our sponsor for this week, which is Havenly, which is the most delightful way to design spaces in your home on any budget. You get to partner with an interior designer to create a beautiful design based on your unique style and space. You can then buy what you love directly through Havenly's platform with access to hundreds of retailers and the guaranteed best prices. It's a super simple process and really Havenly can make your selected living space better. It can bring your ideas to life because you get to go onto the Havenly site and take a style quiz and then work with a designer who's there to help you getting your place looking better beautiful. And with summer coming up, don't you want a fresh look? Wouldn't it be great to redecorate your home or at least a room in your home? Because we all deserve a beautiful living space. So again, start by taking the free Havenly style quiz. It's a fun way to learn your unique design style. And then it helps Havenly match you up with the perfect designer to put together the perfect room just for you. Here's your call to action. Try Havenly today by visiting H-A-V-E-N-L-Y.com slash over it and get 25% off your design package. That's Havenly.com slash over it for 25% off your first design package. So before I dive into the things I want to tell you, I just am like so freaking giddy excited about three huge things. First, This week, we recorded our first video episodes of the podcast, you guys. I am like, I have goosebumps as I share it. It's been so awesome to have the audio version, but now we're going to take it to video as well. Not every episode, but we're going to start out with six, so you'll still get them on iTunes, but you'll be able to watch them on YouTube as well. And it's just so beautiful because we had three men, three women, and not only do you get to hear the coaching, but you get to see it. You get to see me work with people, and you get to see their facial expressions and you get to attach a face with a name and the six people that showed up, oh, like we covered so much ground. Everyone was super vulnerable. I cannot wait to share these with you guys. I'll let you know when they're up. If you want to get on the wait list for either the video, which we always will probably shoot in San Diego, the San Diego area, or the audio, just email assist at christinehasser.com to get on the wait list. And if you're willing to do video and come to San Diego for a next shoot date, don't know when it's going to be, maybe in June, be sure to indicate that when you email assist at christinehasler.com. Other thing I'm super excited about is we're about a month away from my master class here in San Diego, where I teach coaches, helpers, healers, facilitators, therapists, how to become masterful and profitable at your business. As of now, we have nine spots left. That's not a lot. So if you want to get in, email jill at christinehasler.com super fast or go to christinehasler.com slash coach training. I promise this will be such a great investment for you. If you resonate with me and my work, 
come, 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 do not delay. It, it's a tax write-off for your business. I, I really can't think of any excuse why you wouldn't come if you want to get better at what you do and build your business. And my final announcement is I'm coming to Europe. So I'm actually going to be speaking in Estonia at Mind Valley U on July 17th. If anybody is a, a Mind Valley fan, just Google Mind Valley U. You can learn all about that. And then I'm teaching my own workshop in London on July 21st. It's going to be a one-day retreat. I'm going to have a beautiful yoga teacher there who's also been a student of mine. I haven't taught her yoga, but she's come to retreats and she's done masterminds. Her name is Leslie. It's going to be a beautiful, beautiful day, July 21st in London. I'm working on getting the Eventbrite link up for that with all the details, but go ahead and mark that off. And if you want to get on the list for that, because it'll also be capped, email jill at christinehasler.com. Whew, all right. So that was my excitement and that was my announcements. Now let's talk about this episode with Mickey, who's 40 years old and at this point in her life has done a lot of self-growth work, but still keeps bumping against low self-worth issues and a belief that she's not good enough. Something I know so many of you can relate to. As we are discussing her journey, I ask her some questions about how what's going on in her life could be related to her soul curriculum. And I want to talk about this a little bit because I, I discuss soul lessons and life curriculum a lot on the show. So I just want to give it some context. This is my perspective that's based on my education at the University of Santa Monica, my own life coaches, my own spiritual teachers, the books I've read, the workshops I've gone to, my own meditations, and my work with thousands of people at this point. I believe, based on all of that, <laughs> that we aren't just this lifetime, that our soul evolves through many lifetimes. And we come back to grow in consciousness, to grow in our soul evolution. And in each particular life, we come in with a certain curriculum in terms of what we're here to learn. And the only way to kind of learn that curriculum is to experience the contrast. So for example, if we're here to learn self-acceptance, we often experience a lot of rejection. If we're here to learn forgiveness, sometimes we experience a lot of betrayal because in order to learn and integrate that lesson, we have to go through the contrast of it. So I look at my life and people that I work with as school and we're all here to learn and grow and everything that happens in our life, every expectation hangover, every challenge does really happen for us because it's setting up the content or the curriculum for us to learn the soul lessons that are most helpful for our evolution. So I hope that makes some sense to you. The more you listen to the show, the more that will start to make sense. Also, if you're someone who's done a lot of personal development, I really encourage you to listen to this episode with a beginner's mind. Resist the temptation to predict what I'm going to say or think this is nothing new. Don't fall into the trap of a self-help know-it-all and be sure to listen to my breakdown after this talk as I talk more about this subject. Listen with an open mind. I may say something you've never heard before, but perhaps you hear it in a different way. Also consider, do you experience an ongoing sense of looking at other people's lives, which seem to be working out brilliantly, and you're wondering what you're doing, quote unquote, wrong? Is low self-worth, a sense of feeling not good enough, something you can relate to? Are you good at teaching self-love and personal development, but actually embodying all the principles of those things yourself is far more challenging? Have you ever, or are you now in a relationship with a narcissist? Keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching session with Mickey. Mickey, welcome to the show. What's your question? 
Christine, well, I've I've been on sort of the awakening healing journey for the last year. Um, I think I sound like a lot of your your podcast listeners that I've listened to. Kind of had a upbringing of feeling out of place, not knowing who I am, where I fit in. But I've had kind of a, a very, I've had a very good year so far, and there's been a lot of growth. And I've worked a lot with inner child as well. Um, listened to a lot of your podcasts. That's helped me a lot. But the last while, like a month ago, for instance, I um, <laughs> for the first time in five years, I allowed someone into my life and attracted a complete narcissist, <laughs> which I wasn't sure why. But I had worked through a lot of that. And, and it came down to, you know, it came back to that belief of that I'm not good enough. And I really tried to go and work with that. I've worked with the inner child as well. But for some reason, it, it's, it feels like it keeps coming back to something that I found out a couple of years ago um, in my late 20s is that my parents actually didn't want me. They tried to abort me when I was um, in the womb. So I don't know if it's got to do with still rejection in the womb, but I don't know how to work that far back. So that's what I'm kind of struggling with. There's something holding me back from achieving success, financial success, happiness, really just getting to where I want to be. Okay. I hear you. And you found out about how did you find out that they wanted to abort you or they, tr- they actually tried to or wanted to? Uh, they wanted to, they didn't try. Um, I basically, it, something happened at work and they sent us all for therapy and the therapist that I worked with did regression hypnosis. Um, and she actually said to me that, you know, by my description, I was in my mother's womb and, um, I apparently started crying uncontrollably and saying they don't want me, I don't belong here. And um, she told me to go speak to my parents about it, which I did. And yeah, they told me the whole story. Um, but apparently they initially decided they don't want me. And then after a while, just before I was actually, uh, my mom nearly lost me. And she says that when my heartbeat came, she decided she wanted me. So I didn't know that for the first 20 odd years of my life. <laughs> okay. But on some level, maybe you did know that. Yes, I think so. And what was your relationship with your parents growing up? Um, really good relationship. I think it's, it was quite a shock for me because I didn't have parents that I ever felt didn't love me or, you know, I had a good upbringing in terms of love and, and affection and my parents being there for me. But yeah, no, normal childhood. And this not good enough thing, you, you mentioned financial success, career success. Was it pervasive in your childhood as well? Were there things that happened? that perpetuated this belief as well? Um, I think when I work back, there's there's been a, a few things that stood out. For instance, the other day when I worked through this this relationship with this guy and I asked myself what the, you know, why do I feel like other people always get the good stuff? Like I'm never the one who's chosen or I'm never the one who gets it. I was able to realize that, my, look, my mom and my dad were divorced. They didn't live together. And I'd never seen my my father with a woman before. And when I was about 13 was the first time I saw him with a woman. And um, when I freaked out about it a little bit, he was given the choice. I said to him, it's it's either this woman or it's me. And he chose her. He sent me to my mother. Um, and I think that also had a bit of an effect as to why I have this belief that I'm not good enough or mm. that other people get chosen. Mm. Okay. And you never saw him again or he was still in your life, but just not... Once he broke up with her, I went back. <laughs> okay. Okay. So if you look at this from a spiritual perspective and you look at this from a soul curriculum perspective, what do you think your soul is trying to learn through all this? 
uh, through through what I've learned uh, or through what I've worked through the last while. Which is, how would you summarize it? Um, I think my biggest challenge has been self-esteem. Self-love is something I'm learning now, <laughs> but just had a constant 40 years of my life feeling like I'm not good enough. Like you're not good enough. Okay. So what if, if, if human beings learn through contrast, you said, how old are you now? 40? Is that 40. Okay. So if human beings learn through contrast and souls, well, souls learn through being in the human being and life is about contrast to learn something really, really, really important. What if you had to experience this feeling of not good enough to really step into the powerful force that you are here on the planet? Um, I would say I agree with that. I believe that um, because what I work with is women, funny enough, who don't feel like they don't know their self-worth. Okay. So we're going to talk about that in a second. Why I said what I said is you're a very strong soul. You wanted to be here. sounds like you were an unplanned pregnancy on some level. You wanted to come in. You consciously chose the parents that you chose. Your heart beat strong so your mom could hear it and attach and connect to it. You want Mm. to be here in this life, in this body. Your soul does. And I feel like it's screaming out to you to really see yourself to really see yourself and to realize that all these people, dad, mom, ex-boyfriend, whatever, they've all just been little helpers and teachers. And you're looking at, especially the relationship with your dad or mom or whoever, as what you could get from them and them taking away love from you and you taking that personally, rather than looking at it from the perspective of what if you were in all these people's lives to light them up? And you didn't really need anything from them. You had a soul contract with the narcissist to show him what love really looks like. He wasn't ready for it. He couldn't handle it. See, see the problem with, after we've done a certain amount of self-development and awareness, and we've done the work, and it sounds like we've done the work, is that then we have to shift our perception of everything that's happened. Mm. It's the, it's the only way to shift from the awareness piece to the integration piece. And it sounds to me like you've cried your tears around this. You've done the emotional release work. You've dug deep. Am I accurate in saying that? You are, but for some reason I still tear up when I speak about it. I'm not sure why. Well, that's because there's still, you haven't shifted how it all lands inside of you. You haven't shifted to this all really has happened for me. And now I can create differently. You're 100% right. How do you help your clients? I really listen. I, I have the gift of sitting outside the situation and hearing their heart when they speak. Ah, um, and it's really it's difficult. Uh, I joke actually and I say that anyone who's an empath or a coach should really have a coach when they go into a relationship because it's almost like we get disconnected. It scrambles our signal. Um, <laughs> Well, because with other people, we can help them. Yes and no. I mean, I'll always have a coach because I'll always have a coach, relationship or no relationship. However, that, that belief right there that you get scrambled is, again, reinforcing a judgment against yourself. 
that you can't handle things, that you're not good enough, that other people are stronger than you. So you said something really important. You said, I have this gift of listening, this gift of being able to sit outside the situation and hear someone's heart. So if you were to sit outside your situation and hear your heart, what would it be saying? Um, <laughs> that I want to be able to show it to people without fear. Fear of what? I guess not being accepted for who I am. See, that sounds like your mind. That doesn't sound like your heart. My heart wants to come out. Um, and I've, I've been aware of the fact that it's, it's the part of me that I've hidden from people most of my life because it's quite, uh, quite a softy, if I can put it that way. Um, right. But I think my heart just wants, it really wants to scream out, I just want to be everything I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And remember, Mickey, it was your heartbeat that your mom heard that changed her perception. And I don't know that you have been really allowing your heart to lead and allowing it to be seen by others. You've probably put some walls and some guards around it. Absolutely. And not everybody is going to love you and accept you. And when we have that story running, we tend to collect evidence for it. So a narcissist is a perfect example. And oftentimes we have to attract almost an extreme example, a caricature of what we need to be. So one thing that you're working with is self-love. Narcissists love themselves, not in necessarily a healthy way, but they're very self-focused. Yeah. And so in a lot of ways, he was a great teacher for you to show you almost a caricature of what self-focus looks like. It's like you need it that extreme to see it because you're so on the other side of it. Yeah. It was like a, a pendulum relationship and the work is really to get to the middle. Makes sense. You're looking at it only from the perspective of, oh, I have low self-worth, so I attracted this person. You're not looking at it from the perspective of my soul so really wants to learn how to focus more on myself that I had to attract a narcissist. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. And do you see how that lands a little less personally? Yeah. <laughs> and it's also true. But if you look at through, at, at through the lens of, I'm not good enough, I did something wrong, then it's going to keep perpetuating the low self-worth. Whereas where I see it is like, thank God you attracted a narcissist to show you, to give you an extreme example, to show you how much you are in the other direction and why you're not making money at work or as successful as you want to be is because you're teaching what you so want to learn, but not embodying it. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you have to be perfect and it doesn't mean you are never going to have a critical thought, but this story about you not being enough has to go. And there has to be a shift in perception of your life experience back to, wow, my heart, my heart is my most powerful asset. It's what kept you alive. It's what got you born. And you're right about the soul wanting to live because 
Um, my parents told me that I think before I was 10, I was in 13 car accidents. Um, <laughs> some wow. of them could have been fatal. So. so if you were to just look more deeply at that, again, from a spiritual perspective, if one of your clients came to you and shared, I was almost aborted till my mom heard my heartbeat. I have been in 13 car accidents before the age of 10 and I'm still here. What would you what would you say? That you clearly have a purpose. Mm-hmm. Well, you that, had to live. Yeah, that you want to be here. Absolutely. And our purpose isn't, I think you've thought your purpose is your career. Nope. <laughs> yeah. It's not. Because then you're, again, externally referenced. And you're going to try to feel good enough through helping other people. And you're going to, you're going to source your self-worth through others. Absolutely. And you want to be able to serve people and teach people and be an energetic embodiment of what you want to teach so that they feel, they feel it in you. You're going to be far more effective with your clients when your self-worth is high. Could, could that also be why the pattern of almost... Um, I don't know how else to say this, but it feels to me sometimes like everyone else around me is their lives are growing and <laughs> everything's happening and it's my clients that are growing and I'm happy for them. But it feels like everyone else is sort of growing and, and getting what they want, except for me. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have a underlying belief that you're not deserving and there's still maybe a judgment of wanting to be here, but wondering if you're supposed to be. Yeah. Because again, that feeling energetically your mother's indecision about wanting you, as strong as your soul wants to be here, you also could be running a pattern where you're testing fate a little bit. Hmm. Of like, do I really want to be here? I think that's that's probably also why every time it's like I climb a ladder towards where I want to be success-wise and then everything just crashes. And that's that's a, a recurring pattern. Mm-hmm. And it started feeling like self-sabotage at a stage as well. Yep. So why do you think you do that? Probably because I'm trying to reinforce the story that I'm not worthy of it. Exactly. You keep collecting evidence. <laughs> so what would yeah. happen? What would happen if you had the relationship and the career and the success that you desire? I don't really know it. it. My honest answer would be that I would feel like I could focus more on my passion and my purpose as opposed to also want the wants that you want in your life kind of thing. Well, then I would suggest doing that right now. Whatever you think those wants are going to give you, whatever feelings, focus on generating those feelings right now. I wrote about this recently and I talked about it on the show of how the best way to get what you want is not to want it to release your attachment to it, but to be able to hang, to be able to continue to generate prosperity and really hold on to what we create, we have to know we deserve it. Yeah. And you need to know Mickey, that you deserve to be here. You belong here. You're wanted, not just by your parents, but by your higher power, by all the people whose lives you touch. And most importantly, by yourself. Yeah. That's, that's been the hardest journey is the by, by yourself part. 
So what do you it's find? What do you find so unlovable about yourself? I don't really know. It's, it's I've tried to pinpoint it, and, and over the years, what I've picked up is that I've I've always brought it back to the story of how you look physically, and then obviously it it's internalizes a little bit sometimes, where it goes down to who you are as a person. Maybe you're not a good person, um, and it's really the last I would say nine months of my life has really been not a struggle, but I've really worked hard on that because I, I kind of knew that that was the one stumbling block that's in my way, um, which is why I was so confused when I attracted the narcissist because I was really in a good place. <laughs> but there's obviously still some work to do around that. Well, again, you're only looking at attracting the narcissist as a bad thing. Vibrationally, there could be some similarities because a lot of times narcissists feel like they're in a good place. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's, it's like, ah, let me ask you this. So about the relationship, what attracted you to him? Can I be honest with you? I, I actually went into that, um, because of friends who said to me that I must stop being so rigid. Um, if I don't give someone a chance, I'll never know. <laughs> Cause I hadn't let anyone in for five years. So it really was a matter of just kind of forcing myself to, to get to know someone. And, you know, when you're an empath as well, unfortunately, you kind of, you see the issues they have as well and you feel sorry for them and all of that. So it was a snowball of that, but I really, really thank him for coming into my life. Cause I did learn a lot from him, but yeah, I'm not really sure. <laughs> so another thing I think that would be important for you to work on is, is what you identify as an empath and how you relate to it. Because when we're empathic, we need to have boundaries as well. And yeah. empathy is a gift. The ego is the part of us that wants to help or fix somebody. That's not the empathic part. That's profound. I've never looked at it that way. And it's the ego that, again, is looking for you, looking for a way to feel like I'm good enough, I matter, I belong. So if I save this person, if I help this person, if I see the good, then I, then I have a purpose. Again, it's that, that wiring of thinking you need to earn your right to be here. Yeah. And you don't. Wow. I never thought of it that way. And that's why I think you sabotage too, because as you start to get more successful, you feel a heightened sense of responsibility. You're not here to save the world. None of us are. You're here to evolve your consciousness, but put in plain English, live the life you want to live. All of us need, it's like, I think we all get so tripped up on serving others and impact and purpose that we forget that really we're here for selfish reasons. <laughs> the more we fill our own cup and feel the feelings we want and know that we're good enough and know that we belong, then consequently, the more we have to offer, but in a healthy way, not in a savior way, not in a codependent way and not in outsourcing, not in trying to help others to help ourselves. I think so many people are so committed to helping other people because they just want to feel better. Mm. It's also why people have children sometimes because they want to feel love. Absolutely. So what'd you learn? <sighs> that 
I really need to change my perspective in terms of what happened with my parents or in the womb. It's you're right. It's and it's funny because I used to say that you know my parents were twenty somethings. They were kids. And it's not like they maliciously made any choices back then thinking we're going to screw this kid's up <laughs> life up for the rest of her life or for the first 40 years of her life. Um, but I, I never looked at it from the perspective of my soul chose this. And I've, I've really known that I'm sort of a generational path changer in my, my family. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that perspective definitely shifted. Yeah. So I want you to get a little more selfish, a little more focused on you, a little more um, less about saving the world and my, you know, my purpose. Because it's almost like because you have felt this, oom, I really wanted, do I really want to be here? You've got this, oh, well, now I've really got to earn my birthright. No, 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 no. No. You came through because your soul really wants to learn self-love. That's why you're teaching it to other people. But make yourself your own best client right now. And I would, for homework, I would write out all the belief systems that we've kind of talked about today and reframe them. Yeah. Everything from all the stuff we talked about, about your birthright and being good enough to, um, I attracted a narcissist because I have low self-worth. No, I attracted to, I, I, I let attracted and dated a narcissist so I could see the other side of what, you know, relationship with self looked like because they're the two sides of the same coin, right? Narcissism yeah. is the over obsessive egos, you know, the, the inflated sense of self and you're in the underflated sense of self, no sense of self versus too big sense. So it's just showing you polarity. It's just helping you learn because this is all yeah. your soul assignment. And you can go the easy way or the hard way. You can keep attracting more debt, keep sabotaging things, keep attracting more relationships that don't work, keep thinking everybody else has it, but I don't. Or you can really get to this core belief, shift your story and shift your perspective of everything that's happened. Yeah, 100% right. How do you feel? Relief. Good. Relief and not, not as emotional when I think about it, funny enough. Awesome. Because you're starting to see it more through the eyes of truth and less through the eyes of suffering, which comes from your story about it. What do you know to be true of you? Uh, I know I've got what it takes. It's in me somewhere. <laughs> Let me give you a hint on how I would like this to sound. I belong. I'm enough. I'm deserving. I'm worthy. It's my birthright to have everything that I want. It's safe to listen to my heart. It's safe to show up authentically. It's okay if not everybody likes me or understands me because I like and understand me. I'm loved by God. I'm supported by the universe. I'm no better, no worse than anyone else. That's beautiful. (laughs) Well, it's the truth. That's why it's beautiful. (laughs) My heart resonates with that. Yeah. My soul resonates with that. <laughs> That's what happens when we hear truth. It's what we know deep down, by the way. Somewhere deep down, we know all of this. Yeah. It wasn't too deep. It's right there. <laughs> and you're right. We do. We just forgot. And remember, the spiritual definition of this is a change of perception. A change in perception from fear to love. Yeah. Time to start changing your perception. Absolutely. Was this helpful? 
Very. Thank you so much. My pleasure. First, I want to thank Mickey because as someone who teaches self-love and is in this line of work, the fact that she's willing to reach out for help around her own issues shows her commitment to really learning it. I see frequently and say frequently that we teach what we most need to learn, but we cannot learn it through teaching alone. We can't save ourselves through helping others. We truly have to become a student ourselves and apply the same guidance, support, and insight we give to others to ourselves. Often the people that I find are the hardest to coach are those who have done a ton of personal development because often there is a, I know this, I've tried this before, coupled with the incredible judgment that they quote unquote should know better. So the bigger the consumer of personal growth, the bigger the critic of one's progress. One of the many things that I love about my favorite person in the world, Oprah Winfrey, is that she continues to be a student. We all know she is an incredibly smart woman who obviously knows a lot. I mean, she's had access to the greatest teachers in the world. Yet in all her interviews, I love listening to the Super Soul podcast, she is curious, vulnerable, and open to learning something new, even if she's discussed the subject hundreds of times. I encourage you as you listen to more episodes of this show, as you read more books, as you attend workshops, as you work with your own coaches and teachers, remain open, be curious, be the student. Often it takes hearing something or exploring an issue a variety of times in a variety of ways before a shift happens. Remember, growth is a process, not an event. Okay, let me break down this call a little bit. There was a lot of teaching I did within the call. Let's talk first about this feeling of not feeling wanted. You know, she felt that in the womb, even though she wasn't consciously aware of it till years later. We feel things in the womb. We feel things as children. We feel things as babies. You know, we're energetic beings. And I love that she found a regression therapist that helped her discover that her mom did not want the pregnancy at first and was considering abortion. It's incredibly common that when we're ready to know about and face an issue, the right information, healers, and teachers will show up. I can say this has personally happened for me countless times, and I see it happen for people many times in their life too. You probably discovered this podcast when you were ready to hear it, when you were ready to face some of the things that we talk about in this show. I also really acknowledge Mickey's mom for being honest. Some mothers might've thought that it'd be better never to tell their child they were thinking about an abortion. But as you could see in this call, on some level, Mickey knew it and felt it, and she was living out a pattern of feeling unwanted and not enough in her life. Keeping it a secret would not have served Mickey. In fact, family secrets are never a good idea, even if you really think you're protecting someone, because energetically, we pick things up, and then we just think we're crazy if we don't know why we're acting a certain way. If you don't believe me on this, this whole family secrets thing is not a good idea, go read the book Family Secrets by John Bradshaw. So with this knowledge that she got from her mother and the work she did around it, Mickey really did have all the info she needed to understand why she didn't feel good enough and was not living the life she desired in terms of relationship. So now it was really about bringing a new perspective to her past. Remember, a miracle is a change in perception. So often one of the last stages of healing something is changing how we hold it inside. And I don't mean just being grateful for it because often gratitude for our past has the tone of, well, I'm glad I got to the other side of that challenging thing and it was so hard, and but it really taught me a lot. That's different than true appreciation and changing the way we hold it inside. 
I posted something on my Instagram and I'm Christine Hasser on Instagram. It's my most active social media account. So if you don't follow me, go follow me. And it was a picture of where I was in Florida a couple of weeks ago speaking. I was up on the 21st floor and I could see so far, you know, and when I would come down to the first floor for the lobby and, and look at the ocean, I could only see a little bit. But when I get back up to my room, I could just see the vastness of the ocean and the beach. And it's a metaphor for often sometimes we need to get some altitude on our past and some altitude on our life. And, and so we can get a different view of things, a more expansive view of things. So for example, she's kind of had a limited view on this not enoughness pattern. Like I have this not enoughness because I wasn't wanted and my, you know, my dad chose his girlfriend over me and so on and so forth, rather than going, wow, this pattern of not enoughness is exactly what I needed to step into my soul lesson of being so enough. You know, she fought hard to be here. <laughs> Remember that. Like she, her mother heard her heartbeat. Now she's passionate about listening to other people's hearts. She survived 13 car accidents. So it's getting excited about, wow, like I am here. I am here. I, I, I am enough. It's my divine birthright. I also really encouraged her to shift her perspective on how she was looking at attracting a narcissist. She looked at it as like a weak moment and I was just trying to give somebody a chance because all my friends were talking about how I need to like not be so critical. Whereas I was really showing her how awesome that you brought this in. Like again, your soul was, was wanting to learn through contrast. You wanted to see what someone that like thinks of themselves highly looks like in the opposite direction. And now it's really about finding that balance and seeing this whole relationship with the narcissist as a gift, as showing her what someone that prioritizes themselves looks like. And now she can bring that more to middle with self-love. One of my favorite questions that I ask people that are any kind of therapists or coaches is when they're dealing with an issue, you know, how would you help your clients with this? And she said, I have the gift of sitting outside, hearing their heart when they speak. Like I said, it was her heart that her mom heard that kept her alive. You know, she's kept it hidden from people to protect herself. And now it's really about trusting her own heart, letting herself be seen and stepping into full self-worth, beginning with being congruent with her work as well, not just teaching it, but really feeling it. I also want to highlight what I said about an empath. It's the first way I've explained it that way. I love how new ways for me to teach drop in on these calls. And, and it really is the person I'm co coaching that brings it forward. So I have Mickey to thank for this. So many of you listening, describe yourself as empath and that's a gift, but the whole taking on people's things and people's stuff and wanting to fix them, save them, solve it. I don't think that's empathic. I think that that's the ego part of us that wants to feel like we're helping people. The empath part of us is just the part that feels is sensitive and can have compassion. It's your ego that wants to go in and save and take on other things. So don't confuse empathy with some ego desires. I hope that makes sense for a lot of you. I might do a blog about that, break that down a little more. We also talked about how you feel when you feel more successful, you feel a heightened sense of responsibility Remember, you are not here to save the world. We all get so tripped up on service and impact. And yes, those things matter. But really, we are here for selfish reasons, for self-growth, for the evolution of our own consciousness, our soul curriculum. 
And the more we focus on that, truly, 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 the more we have to offer and the more we impact in a way that's truly in alignment and doesn't deplete us and also doesn't interfere with other people's growth. So some takeaways for you. If you have some issues that may be tied to pre-birth or infancy issues, put out to the universe that you're ready for a skilled specialist to help you with it. Maybe it's a regression therapist. Maybe it's people that specialize in that kind of trauma. There are people out there with those things as specialties. And when the student is ready, the teacher appears. So get clear about your intention around that. When it comes to your soul curriculum, if you've learned and worked with the lessons, now it's time to hold them a different way. Get up to the 21st floor, upgrade your perspective, create a miracle by shifting your perception. Next, have a beginner's mind with anything. Maybe reread one of your favorite personal growth books or your favorite, your first self-help book. Read it again and see if you can learn something new. Go back and listen to some of the old podcasts, learn something new. Next time you go in to see your coach, don't go in with such an agenda. Just surrender, let them lead. And finally, get congruent with your work, especially if you're a coach. You don't have to be perfect. Don't have to be perfect. We're always growing, always. However, if you're giving more of what you preach to others than you are to yourself, you're out of congruency. Also be congruent financially. If you want people to invest their money in hiring you, make sure you're investing in your own growth and your own coaches. And hey, that's another great opportunity to come do masterclass. You want to get more congruent with what you're teaching and how you're stepping into really embodying being a light worker and being an entrepreneur in the personal growth industry. Investing in that weekend is a great way to do that. Again, it's christinehasler.com slash coach training or email jill at christinehasler.com. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please share it. Share it on Instagram, share it on social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. There's so many ways to share or just like the old fashioned way. Tell your friends about it. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, everyone, much love and many blessings. Thank you for listening to Over It and On With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Blessings.